Welcome to the Think Yourself Healthy podcast, where we challenge you to think differently about your approach to health and wellness. My name is Heather Duranja, and I'm excited to be here with you to take you on the journey from surviving to thriving. Hello, everybody. On today's episode of Think Yourself Healthy, I have a special guest, Mallory Campbell. She is a wife, a mom of two young boys, a world fitness champion, and a wellness and mindset coach for women. She runs Level Up VIP, a successful group coaching program for women, and is the co-host of the Destined to Be podcast with her husband, Jeremy. She understands that building self-confidence and self-worth is one of the most important things you can do as a woman. Her purpose is to help women get out of their own way while creating the habits and the accountability to start living their best lives. Mallory, thank you so much for being with us this morning. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. What a beautiful bio. So you've got a lot of, you're, you're juggling a lot of things. Yeah. All the things, as we like to say. Yeah, all, <laughs> all, the things, things. all the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. So I'm really excited to have you here to kind of talk about your story and, um, you know, what you've personally done to kind of blow past the limiting of beliefs of being able to balance being a mother, a business owner, still having your own time and your own life to create and cultivate, you know, all of the things. So yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm an open book. So ask away. I love it. So let's start, um, kind of tell the audience a little bit about you and what got you to this point in your life. Yeah, I'll take you back um, a couple years, I guess. I'm, how old am I? I'm 33. So I got, we got my husband who I co-host the podcast with. You guys will hear, he was just on your show too. Yeah. He's like, oh, that's so awesome. I was just on her show. Um, and he's like, she's a great interviewer. You're going to have a great time. I'm like, I know she's awesome. So we, um, we've been married for 10 years this year and we, thank you. We have a podcast together. You guys will hear him as Jeremiah, but I call him Jeremy. So there's some people get a little confused there. They're like, who's this Jeremy guy? I'm like, it's just, that's what we called him growing up. <laughs> yeah. The, now he goes by Jeremiah. When he got sober, he like switched his name to the formal version, which is great, but it, I still call him Jeremy. So we've been married for, um, 10 years. We have two kids. We each have separate businesses, but we have our podcast together, which is a whole vibe recording a podcast with your spouse that can, you know, make you and break you some days. I can but imagine. he has, yeah, he has his own company, his own growing businesses, which are amazing. Um, but I started off as an entrepreneur pretty much right out of, I didn't go to a four year, year university. I got certified as a personal trainer back in 2009 Okay. Um, so I started training clients. I worked at a gym and then I went in with a business partner to open our fitness studio. And I co-owned that with her for seven years. Wow. So we've both always been in entrepreneurship, like after our, you know, younger jobs, quote unquote, when you're in high school, you know, you're working, but like, once we got married, we started on the entrepreneurship journey separately. Mm -hmm. Um, so I had my fitness studio for over seven years until I decided to let that go mm -hmm. and come like pursue a different path. So I was also in network marketing for almost four years. I built a really large team of women. Um, we were super successful. And after I did that for three or four years, it just wasn't 
fulfilling the needs that I had anymore. I knew I had a bigger purpose and that was just a great stepping stone to get to where I wanted to be next. Mm -hmm. Um, during all of this, I had two kids. I have competed in the world of bodybuilding, which really helped, um, bust through some of those beliefs that you were mentioning in the beginning when it comes to, you know, being a mom and being a woman and your, our body image and all the things. So I was competing during all of this time, teaching Zumba, training clients, working um, my network marketing career. And then one day I was like, you know what, this really just, none of this is taking me where I want to go towards that bigger picture, which was ultimately becoming a coach. And I didn't know this along the way while I was training clients, teaching classes, doing my network marketing stuff. It was preparing me um, to get to where I am now, which all of those things were coaching people. So many times personal trainers end up in this space because you are really like a life coach, you know, like we do exercises and we talk about nutrition, but like ultimately people come there to like, tell you all the things that are going on in their lives. And like, well, what do I do here? And they just, it's like a hairdresser or, you know, you just open up about all the things and then it gets, it's so much deeper than, you know, taking a client through exercises. So Mm -hmm. all of this was preparing me for what I do now, which I've been doing this for the last year. Um, I developed my own program for women. It's called level up VIP, where we really break through those limiting beliefs, because what I learned going through my network marketing, um, beauty business was that we're learning all this stuff about how to run a business, but all of it begins so much deeper than that. When it's like, it really all starts with the beliefs that we have, the self-sabotage that we create in our own minds, the beliefs that we're thinking that they're true and it all spills into our business and we're not realizing it. We're like, why am I not succeeding where I want to succeed? Whether it's our body, our business, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. it all starts back with our mindset and how we're actually training our thoughts and those beliefs and how we're letting them really dictate our next moves in life. So that's when I'm like, okay, I love everything that I do, but I have to bring it back a level so that I can work with more women so they can see success in all areas of their lives. Absolutely. Such a beautiful transition. So, you know, I find that with the coaching that I do and working with individuals, um, I see a lot of fear around Mm -hmm. of identities that have been established through these steps, these steps that we take, right? And there's a lot of fear of letting go. Like for instance, you know, being the personal trainer, how do I let go of being the personal trainer and step into this network, you know, this, um, this networking market, like, do you see a lot of resistance? Did you actually feel a lot of resistance that yourself with, um, doing the transition and letting go of the personal trainer, Mallory and being the mentor and, um, you know, helping, helping manage others, because ultimately that's what you're doing. You're building a team, right? So there's a lot of people who are looking up to you for guidance and, um, really holding you at a place of, Hey, I'm going to make it, but you've got to get me there. So how did you transition? (laughs) Yeah. Ooh, yeah. That's a good question. Um, with the identity, I held that so near, that's who I, like I was, the face of my, with my co-owner, uh-huh. like that was who I was. I was the Zumba instructor. I was the studio owner. I was the personal trainer. And that, that was it. Like, that's where I held my identity. 
And I had to do a lot of work around that. When I let that go, it was a very challenging moment to be like, okay, I've only known this for the last seven years. Who am I without the face of this studio and training these women and like being a part of their lives? I'm very fortunate um, that the community that I have and that I've built has a lot of them have followed me from back in 2009, 2010. They just followed me no matter where I went. They were like, I'm going to support you no matter what you do. So I'm very fortunate in that. But that was a lot of work. And I'm really like the support of my husband. I couldn't have done this um, without him being like, this isn't who you are. You're not this studio. You are so much more than that. And then I dealt with that with my beauty business that I was in as well. I'm like, okay, people knew me from the studio and then people knew me from being the face of this beauty company. And that's who I was. I poured so much of who I was into what I did Mm -hmm. instead of, you know, looking at it from an internal aspect, not having that outward label, right? This is how people see me. That's who I am. Mm -hmm. You know, I had to really sit down and be like, okay, what I do is not who I am for myself or for my family or for anyone else. And I had to really let that go. And we do a lot of work with the women that I work with as well, because so many times we attach who we are to what we do. Absolutely. And I'm like, you're, we're not that we're not the career we are. We have, we're not just the mom as a lot of women like to say, we're not just a wife or I'm not just this and that we're so much more. Mm-hmm. And that really came from doing a lot of the work that I coach on for myself and then bringing that to the women that I work with. So that fear and that identity, man, it can, it can take you down if you don't have the support and accountability around you to really keep pushing you to go forward and see what you're capable of, because it is scary. The unknown is, is scary. You know, like we see out there like, Oh, you got to get uncomfortable to grow. And it's like, until you actually sit down and do some of that work around what it looks like, like I'm doing it right now. I have this belief that I've been working on and that I've kept in my head for so long and that I didn't want to like really put pen to paper and like go through my process myself to work on this one specific belief. How can we move forward? You know, and that's, it really does come back to those beliefs that we've been carrying with us for years and years and years. Absolutely. So do you feel that putting the pen to the paper is one of the most productive ways for you personally to be able to blow through and allow yourself to actually do the work? Yeah, I, I love it. And it was super uncomfortable for me when I first started, because, and this is what I tell the women I work with, I'm like, if you're anything like me, you're going to sit down and you're going to be like, okay, number one, what the heck do I write down? This is stupid. You're judging yourself immediately. You're like, yeah, I don't need to do this. I'm good. I'm going to go check my phone or I'm going to go eat or I'm going to go do whatever it is that's watch Netflix and like do all these other busy things instead of actually working on what you know you need to work on. Because for me, until I actually write it down and have a clear idea of what I need, it's just kind of floating around in my head. Mm-hmm. You know, and then we get lost in our thoughts and then it gets pushed aside and all of these things come up and then we end up telling ourselves, you know what, not today, I'll just do it tomorrow. I mean, it's not tomorrow, I'll just do it next week, you know? So that's, for me, I'm like, okay, nope. You gotta sit down and figure out how we're gonna work through this or else it's not gonna be work through. It'll just come up as something else disguised as whatever it is. Yeah. When really the root of the problem is what needs to be figured out. And then we just keep working on it. You know, we're never done. (laughs) We're never done with this personal development. Like it's never like, well, I'm good now. 
just going to coast through, you know, there's always stuff that we can, we can continue to do, but sometimes sitting with it and actually writing it down for me, that really moves the needle forward. Cause then I can physically look at it and then I can reflect back. I can read through what I'm working on. And then I have a plan because without a plan, how can we take action? You know, and that's a lot of the work that I do myself. I have actual steps that I go through. I'm like, okay, this is what I need to implement today to get to the next point of where I need to go. I love that. I know for myself, um, it, it's funny because I had the most resistance around sitting down and actually putting mm-hmm. it to the paper. And it's, and it, with that resistance, it actually allowed me to discover something even deeper in terms of limiting beliefs and what was actually blocking me. Yeah. I I got diagnosed having a learning disability at a very early age. I started kindergarten the day after my fourth birthday. So developmentally, I wasn't, you know, prepared to be in that kind of environment. And then I Mm -hmm. didn't have the kind of support that I needed at home to be able to cultivate and get me the additional resources in order to catch up with my peers. So at this really early age, you know, I get this label, I accept that as my truth and reading and writing were one of the major, um, complications that I had with comprehension and spelling. And so for me, what I discovered with the resistance around putting the pen to the paper was that I was judging myself. If I started to write and struggled with knowing how to spell a word, I'd throw the paper down and be like, fuck this. Mm. This this is Mm -hmm. not for me. Nope. I can't do it. And then I'm like, well, who the fuck cares whether or not I'm spelling it right? Like it's for me, it doesn't really matter. I know what it means, but that was a big aha moment to really understand how deep the layers of limiting beliefs actually were. And then being able to get to that root of my self-judgment around my own limitations in terms of academic success and whatnot. So that was a big deal, but it was a, a very uncomfortable, uncomfortable process to have to go through. And it took a lot longer than I think I had hoped it would, but it was more about just that consistent practice of showing up for every misspelled word I would write down, not judge myself and keep moving the pen along the line. Mm -hmm. So it's powerful. It's, it's powerful. And I, I, when I work with them, I'm like, listen, it's not cute. Like, this is not going to be cute. What we're going to do, like, it's not a cute look on a lot of us because I have had moments that I've just been like, you know, you're ugly crying when you're working through some of this stuff. And I had a moment when I was in um, California a couple of years ago, my husband joined an elite mastermind group that I wasn't a part of yet. Mm-hmm. And I just went along with him just to go, you know, on a trip, take some photos, like do some fun stuff. I'm like, this is going to be great. Well, during that trip, I was like in this pivotal moment of leaving my network marketing company that I was with mm-hmm. and starting something new that I had no idea what it was going to be. I didn't know at the time I was right at the tail end of still being involved in this company. And I'm like, you know what, this just, it's not, it doesn't feel right anymore. I don't know what I'm going to do. And it was a very, I remember sitting in the hotel room looking out, we were in Santa Monica. So you could see like the boardwalk out there. And we had a a window that view, like looked at the beach. And I'm like, you know what? I canceled the plans that I had for that night. And I'm like, I'm just going to sit here and write down everything that I'm feeling, no matter how stupid I feel, no matter how emotional I get release the judgment. And I wrote down 
all of the things I thought people would think about me, what I would think about myself, some of the most painful things that I had to work through. And all I, I remember just crying through the whole thing, writing all of this stuff down, but like through that act, and I didn't know at the time what I was really like working through, mm-hmm. but through all of those emotions and just writing it down to physically see what I was thinking in my head to be like, this is what I'm thinking, but your thoughts aren't true. You know, like I'm literally looking at this and I'm like, okay, none of this is, is valid. This is just how I'm feeling right now. Let me get it all out. And then I sat back and I, I still have the notebook somewhere. And I'm like, that was probably one of the most powerful things that I could have done that I didn't even realize I was doing at the time mm-hmm. to give myself the permission to let go of any judgment that I had of myself. And especially thinking of what other people would think of me, which is irrelevant when it comes to my own happiness and what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. I had to really release that judgment and then work through it myself to be like, okay, this is everything that I'm working through right now. However, I'm going to, I know in my gut, this is the choice that I had to make. And then within the next couple of months, I parted ways and then figured out where I was going as I went. Oh, congratulations to you to give yourself that kind of permission. Do you think that in order for you to have had that experience, that it was necessary that you created that alone time, that space for yourself to be able to sit there and be in the uncomfortableness of your own presence? You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Force yourself to have to actually address, go within and explore what your heart was actually telling you. 100% you know, and I think like self self care and quotes, you know, gets a lot of, um, fluffy, like, let's take a bath and like, Oh, I'm going right. to just, you know, put some skincare on my face. And that's great. I'm all for all of that. I do all of those things. However, it goes so much deeper than just the superficial things that make us, you know, look good or feel good. Like it is really creating the space for your alone time. And so many times I feel like, especially for women, we don't, well, and men, i I'm not a man, so I can't speak for them, but you know, we avoid that, those moments alone. Absolutely. That's when the truth is really revealed of what we're thinking. You know, we're the ones that have to go to sleep with ourselves at night. We know what's going on in there. And a lot of times we just don't want to deal with it. You know, it's, it's challenging. It is a challenging moment for a lot of us, especially if it's stuff that we've just been shoving under the rug for so long, you know, and putting those external things in front of it. Right. We fill up our schedules and we have to, you know, like I got to do this and we start cleaning this and we do a thousand things instead of actually figuring out what the root of the issue is. And a lot of times it comes down to being alone. Like we, my husband and I are both, we love to be alone, yeah. alone with each other, but like alone by ourselves, you right. know, like we need those times. Like I, I have two kids and, you know, sometimes alone time, it's not all little kids. They're three and six. I have two right. boys. And, you know, they want to be by you, they want to play, but we are, we set up our lives in a way that we're able to have those moments Mm -hmm. and we structure our days so that we get alone time together. We have alone time with our kids. And then we have alone time, literally alone by ourselves to do the stuff that we need to do, because that's how we grow as a person. You know, if we are never, and you hear like the quote, you know, you can't pour from an empty cup. It sounds so cheesy now because it's just been out there forever, but it's so true. If we're not actually giving ourselves enough time to do the inner work or to do what actually feels good for us, 
it's really challenging for myself, speaking from my own experience to show up as the wife I want to be, the mom I want to be, the friend, the coach, you know, if I'm constantly just running myself so thin, I, I can't show up the way that I need to, not only for myself, but for everyone else in my life. So absolutely, we are huge advocates of alone time. And then just, just sitting with your own stuff, mm-hmm. you know, even the stuff that's not so cute. Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, I, for myself, um, I grew up, I had five younger brothers and then became a mom very early on. And so it wasn't until 2018 that I actually had my very first experience of being alone. I went up to Northern California and spent 15 weeks in isolation. I didn't know anybody stayed in a hotel room. It was just myself and my dog. And those first few days to the first like two weeks were such a challenge. Like, yeah, I, I remember wanting to be like a little toddler flailing on the ground in the room. Like, what the fuck do I do with myself? Who the fuck am yes. I? I don't even know what I'm doing here. I want to go back home. I had all of this resistance and I had to push through that. And as I pushed through that, I started discovering who Heather actually was. I literally yeah. took the mindset. I'm going to date myself for these 15 weeks. I'm going to date myself. I'm going to figure out my shit. I'm going to explore who, what the next phase, what the next journey is going to look like for me. And that was literally the best gift I ever gave myself because so much transpired. The person that I showed up as left in a completely different energy field, a completely different perspective of who I could be. And, and allowing yeah. myself to have that vision, have that image. You know, I was really attached to, I'm a dietitian. I spent mm-hmm. seven years going to school and being this dietitian. And I, you know, in the clinical world, I was miserable. I wasn't, there were restrictions around what I could, what evidence I could speak to and recommendations mm-hmm. that I had to promote. And I was like, this everything within me was dying because I knew none of it was aligned with my belief systems and the evidence Mm -hmm. that I wanted to practice. And so that was really a game changing moment for me. Um, I sat down with pen and paper and literally had no idea that I was downloading what the next two years journey was going to actually play out as. Mm -hmm. And it was such a, a beautiful revelation. Now that I look back and I go and read that stuff, I'm like, Oh my God, Holy fuck. Like, wow. I had no idea. That's what was happening. Oh my God. It was, it's, it's really, really cool. But, you know, I feel that in, in my experience with working with a lot of women and even men, um, that they, that's part of the resistance, not allowing themselves to take the time by being Mm -hmm. so quote unquote busy. It's a form of uh, denial. It's a form, you know, it serves a purpose. The purpose it serves is I can't make time to do the work. Therefore, I'm never going to be able to yield the life that I desire. That serves the victim mindset. It's not, oh yeah, not good enough. Right. So I, I have to applaud both you and Jeremiah. I think that as a couple and, and following your guys' journey and, you know, through social media and other avenues um, that you guys do such a beautiful job of establishing your own identities and having mm-hmm. that balance and still 
being able to cultivate the relationship identity professionally and personally. I think you guys, I, I you know, have a lot of respect for what you two have been able to achieve in that realm. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's awesome being in a relationship with somebody, you know, who's also into the work, quote yeah. unquote, um, to where we each have a mutual respect for the things that to do separately and then what we do together as well. That's mm -hmm. Uh, like pretty much the biggest reason we decided to come up with our virtual couples event is to help other couples go through the same thing. Because if we're not aligned in our vision, number one, if we're not clear on our own vision and what we want and the values we want to live our lives by, it's very challenging to, to do it with a partner. If we each have no idea what that looks like, and then we just end up going through the motions Mm -hmm. of our, your marriage of, you know, you go on a date, but all you do is talk about your kids and all you do is talk about the weather and like, Oh yeah. Did you see so-and-so said this on his post? And I'm like, for us, and this is no judgment to anybody. That's, that's not how we choose to have our connection, how we built our marriage. Like we almost force ourselves to have the deeper conversations, the, you know, topics that are, might be like, Oh my God, that's like really uncomfortable for me to share with somebody else. But like, that's how we push each other to grow. And that's how we push our relationship to grow because we're very both into the woo woo, as you would say, and the manifestation and all the things that we do, not only separately, but when we bring them together, it's a really powerful thing to have two people working towards the same goal, which is why we created what we did for a virtual audience, because we want to take other couples on that journey together of what it really looks like to build your relationship as you're growing together and not growing apart. Because right. I've seen it happen so, so often we both have with couples who are friends, you know, you're just kind of living separate lives. Yeah. You know, maybe one partner's growing, maybe the other one's not someone's in resistance and then you get resentful and then you just start assuming, and then it becomes this whole built up bottle of emotions. And then you just end up exploding, <laughs> you know, cause we've well, been I, here before. Absolutely. I think you guys do you, you model a really admirable, um, paradigm of, you know, the conscious relationship that, that conscious partnership so many people, I feel, um, you know, they're in relationships, they have a lot of emotional traumas and baggage mm -hmm. that they've carried into this relationship. And there's this perception that I've got to be fixed in order to have yeah. a healthy relationship. You know, I, I've got to be fixed. Otherwise, you know, it's not going to work. We're not going to be able yeah. to come together as this healthy partnership. Mm -hmm. I feel like you two have really modeled, um, a, a, you know, a great example of you both having your own shit that had to be unpacked, mm -hmm. being able to allow each other the space, the presence to be able to move through those challenges without setting an expectation that it has to be perfect, that, you know, yeah. uh, I know, I know for myself, when I personally met the two of you, one of the things that I really was, um, the impression that really made an impact on me was here's these two extremely self-confident individuals who are allowing one another to do their thing they're not having insecurity and jealousy with each other's success and the growth that 
they're individually seeking. And you guys were able to bring that together as a couple and then also pursue this whole other avenue of like, look, you can both have success in your own worlds, bring it together and then create success in the relationship. And I feel like your podcast together is a really good example of that. Thank you. Thank you so much for saying that. We've got, yeah, it's definitely, it's the podcast was challenged when we first started it. And that was a belief that I had to work through too. You know, he was going to have this podcast all on his own. I'm like, cool. I'll support you. Do whatever you want. And then he's like, you know what? No, you're going to be on the podcast too. And I'm like, excuse me, what did you just say now? Cause like, that's not anything that I want to have a part of. Um, so that was a lot of work that I had to do around, around that. And you can hear it in the beginning episodes too. You know, like we almost were like, flipping tables in the first couple episodes we were just headphones were flying across the room you know we said a lot of choice words to one another when we first started because the beliefs that I had to work through that no one wants to listen to me I'm not good enough to be on a pod who am I to be on my own podcast I'm not as successful as all these other people that are doing it you know all of the things that come up when you have to show up and talk you have basically have a conversation with somebody for anyone to hear, you know, I'm like, this is very strange for me and I'm not good enough for this is what I was comparing myself to. So he was very supportive of me working through all of the stuff that I had to really work through to be able to sit down and record Mm -hmm. because it's a, it's a whole thing. And we still go through our, all of our stuff together. Like we just had a conversation this last weekend where I was struggling through something and he's like, listen, you know, let's, let's, let's work through this because we can either, you know, stop this right here and really figure out what it is to work past this together, mm-hmm. you know, and we're fortunate when stuff comes up like that, it's, the communication is so um, open between the two of us because we can judge ourselves so hard by what we're feeling and then just assume your partner is going to have a reaction um, when really, you know, one of the four agreements is don't make assumptions. And like, that really is how to like, you could literally live your life by those four agreements. And that's one of the biggest things is assumption and communication. We're not relationship therapists. We're not counselors. We're none of those things, but what we do know is from our experience together and how we've worked through our own stuff. Mm-hmm. We've grown together. We've, you know, we have both very successful businesses, careers. Like we've really designed the life that we want to live in a very intentional way. And we're not apologetic about it. Like we're two very unapologetic humans about the way that we live our lives, you oh. know, and we are just okay sharing that with anybody. And that's, the vision that we want to share with more couples is that it's okay. And I had a girl in one of my groups, she's like, the belief I'm working through is having a mediocre life. Everyone around me is just expect, everyone just expects the mediocre. And she's like, I want more than that, but I feel bad wanting more than that. So that's something that we really had to work through. And that's what comes up. I feel like for so many couples, we start to get in this, you listen to the podcast, you get some books, you start like, being around some other people who are like really leveling up their lives. And you're like, man, this is, this is what I want for us. But then we end up pulling ourselves back because of judgment and of fear of what other people are thinking and what my mom's going to say and what my sister's going to say and what my friends from high school think about me because we're just on a different path now, you know, and it's really working through all of that stuff, but not only by yourself, but with your partner as well. 
because it's so important to be on the same page or at least be able to listen to what your partner has to say, even if they're super resistant about it. Cause that's something that's coming up for a lot of the couples that the one of them wants to join. They're like, yep, my, my, my partner is never going to go for this. Yeah. Never in a million years. And that's a conversation where we're like, okay, let's break that down. You right. know, how are we going to have that conversation with your spouse? Because this is important to you, Absolutely. you know, and that's what we have to, we, you have to communicate that. A hundred percent. And I feel that a lot of people, part of the challenge around that is that they don't have enough clarity with themselves mm-hmm. and, their own identity mm-hmm. and their own vision of who they could be because yes. they haven't allowed themselves that space to entertain that idea because society puts these expectations on us. You know, our environment really cultivates what we think our potential is. And yep that can be a really challenging thing because it brings in that I'm too much, right? I'm too much. I'm too much. If I do this, I'm too Mm -hmm. much. I know for myself, I was married. I was with my ex-husband for 17 years and I was approaching 33 and I was like, you know, my life is just not, I am not in alignment with who I want to be. And he wanted me to play really, really small in order to stay safe. And I decided that, you know, I couldn't stay safe anymore because safe was more miserable than taking the risk. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because I used to always think of myself as like never being a risk taker. Like I can't take risks. I am, I am very much intentionally planned out and no, you know, basically I was caught up in the, I'm going to control all the outcomes in my life. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then after, you know, having, it's been more than 10 years that I've been divorced and looking back over the last decade uh, plus of my journey, I'm like, holy shit, man, I am a super risk taker, like a super risk taker. But I never, and I never allowed myself to believe that that's who I was because I was trying to conform to my environment to keep it, keep it safe, you know? Best, another, another one of those best gifts that I gave myself was just having, it really, it really, I had a conversation with a girlfriend of mine a couple weeks ago, her and I were chatting and we went to school together and we're both dietitians. And I was telling her what the next vision is of where my journey is going. And she says to me, you know, you've always been a dreamer. And I kind of, I was like, wait a minute what the fuck does that mean? I've always, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, because in my head, I'm like, well, yeah, I have these visions, but then I put action and a plan to the vision. And so it's comes true. So it's not like I have these lofty ideas of who and what I want to do. I actually make the shit happen. Mm -hmm. So is that being a dreamer? Is that just allowing yourself to have permission to see your full potential? You know what I mean? Yeah, I, lo- I love that. Yeah, that's amazing. Like I literally, we're both huge Dr. Joe Dispenza fans and like uh-huh. subscribers and practice all of his things. And my note next to me is, you know, you want a clear intention of the vision of the future. It's literally a post-it sitting in front of me. Love that. And that's exactly what you're saying. Yeah. You know, you have to have the clear intention of what your vision is or else we're just kind of surviving. You know, you're just kind of going day to day to day doing this same exact things, not working towards everything. And what you're saying, you know, it, it's so true. You have like with those dreams, that's great. But however, 
you also have the plan and you have the steps and the action steps to take place or else we're just, that, that is it. You're just dreaming right. about all these things that we're never actually taking any steps towards. Yeah. And, and to that, one thing that I do want to mention around like the plan, there's mm-hmm. a attentive plan. And back in the day when I was so attached to outcomes, that mm-hmm. would be the thing that would stop me from being able to take the next step, the next step when the plan kind of had a left or a right fork that I wasn't prepared for. And now I've had to really lean into, you know, I don't have to know every single detail of how it's going to happen. I just know that it's going to be this or something better. And I really truly lean into that um, as I, you know, navigate the possibilities out there. And, you know, with COVID, um, things really shifted for me with COVID when that all happened. A lot of how I was making my money became completely non-existent anymore with not being able Mm -hmm. to host events and put live events on. And I was really in a moment of panic initially. And then it, a door opened that took me down a path that I didn't expect for myself, which was really going deep into the mental health substance recovery um, population. And this has been literally one of the most financially rewarding years for me and one of the personally fulfilling years for me. It really allowed me to understand how all of my life experiences brought me to this point in my life. And because I was able to have all of these life experiences along with my you know, undergrad and my master's, it's given me a platform. It's given me a position and a place to be able to help individuals in a way that I never imagined I would be able to show up and help cultivate change and make an impact. And for me, it's been literally one of the most rewarding years I ever could have imagined coming to this point. Oh, it's so awesome. Yeah. We, I would, the same for us as well. Like this last year, this is where my coaching business was built and started thriving because this is what people need. They need the, the work that goes behind all of the things, because if anything's going to open our eyes, it was 2020, right. you know, whether, and we look at it as a beautiful thing because it literally was our best year financially growth wise, like impact wise was all of last year. And we're so thankful for that, but it's, it's the same thing of what you're saying. We don't have to know the how we just have to have the vision and the attention of where we're going and that in the universe will handle the rest. You know, literally there's going to be a thousand pivots before we get to that final destination. And, And so many people are afraid of that because like your story, you know, you went to school for one thing and then it took a turn and you're like, Oh my God. And people who have different degrees or go to school for one thing, like, but I have to use this degree. And it's like, but what if everything that you did, like built you, like paved the way for where you were going for something totally different, but it's like a hundred times better than what you could have ever imagined, you know? And I've done the same thing. When I look at what I've done, I'm like, I went to school for personal training. Am I personal training people anymore? Absolutely not. But however, what I've done and the, the path that I took to get to where I am now, it wouldn't have ended this way if, it, if I would have, you know, been so strict that, nope, I went to school for this and this is what I'm going to do. I would have been unhappy and, you know, I don't want to say miserable, but living a life that I wasn't meant to be living, right. you know, so yeah. all of those pivots equal, Absolutely. You know, 
Still, and when we're going. not honoring that, Mallory, I feel like when we're not honoring that and we're, you know, holding ourselves to this expectation, well, I invested this money to get this yeah. free and this is what I told my family and my friends I was going to yes. do. That's the expectation. And it's not in alignment with us. So then we start literally manifesting misery misery, yes. like all of the red flag, you know, flags start being waved. It's typically in some form of physical ailment that we're yes. in over that we're not willing Absolutely. to the connection. And, mm -hmm. um, and then we start turning to sabotaging behaviors as a way to punish ourselves because yeah. internally, that's what we feel we're worthy and deserving of because we're not living in alignment with who we are meant to be. We each have unique gifts. We are all here to serve a person. We have personal missions, you know, and some people's mission could literally be being that bagger at the grocery store who is putting things into the bag and having a conversation with an individual, you know, saying, I really hope you have an amazing day. That could be their purpose. But as a society, we put judgment on that. Well, that's not good enough, you know, or the Walmart greeter. Someone yep. who's just literally, maybe, maybe an individual walks into the store and they haven't had someone say hello with a smile and a wave in a long yep. time. And that's yep. something super impactful. So I think as a society, we have personal responsibility to let go of all of these judgments that we have towards individuals and their choices, because we all have a purpose. We all have life lessons that are meant to be learned. And without them, we don't get to go where we want to go without it. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. Everything you're saying, all the things. Yes, 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 yes. So what's next for you guys? So what do you, where are you personally heading and, and what kind of exciting things are you working on now? Where do you see the next vision for Mallory? Yeah, this year, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I've actually mapped out my 2021 to, you know, the extent that I am allowing myself to given on, you know, what's happening in this world. We don't know. Right. Um, I have a couple rounds of my own women's VIP group happening this year. And then my husband and I, um, we have our virtual event happening for couples who are looking to grow that vision with each other. And that's, I don't know when this one is going to, so it's going to come out. Um, but time wise, that is March 12th and 13th of 2021 is the first one. And then we'll be launching more after that. So you guys, if you know, you do have listeners who are interested in, in any form of relationship, um, you can go to destined to be podcast.com and you can click on the couples weekend there. I'll make sure that we link all of that in the show notes. Yeah. So, you know, I, I have a question for you because I know you and I, um, we were very much in love and attached to all things live and in person. We thrive oh, yeah. in those kinds of <laughs> experiences. And honestly, now that I think about it, hanging out with you last, I think it was February was probably one of the last big things that I did as a group. Now that I'm yep. thinking about that. Yep. Wow. Um, so anyway, how, how have you personally handled the pivot of not being able to do all of the things that we love and fulfills our heart and fills up our cups by being in person. How have you pivoted and been able to adopt and adapt to everything being virtual? Yeah. I mean, fortunately there's, for us, it's good and bad. Like we have two little kids. So it, some of it works out better for us that we don't physically have to go somewhere because of our kids. 
um, you know, just finding the, the steps for that. Um, and then being away from them, which is, you know, we have, we love to travel just the two of us for work and just for personal. I think that's super important in a relationship. However, you know, logistics wise, we're like, cool, we don't have to go. We don't have to go anywhere. We actually, um, renovated our, well, we moved into a home, renovated the entire thing, and then moved in all during all of COVID we moved in last May. So that took up a huge chunk of our time, which was super thankful to be able to be home. But with my own coaching group, um, everything was done zoom virtually anyways, because we have women from all over the U S so that was very fortunate. And it came at a time when women and people in general, they needed that support and accountability. So we were very fortunate that this, you know, the coaching industry, be, even though we can't attend a huge live event, we still get together with my group of women. You know, we do our events together. We have them at my house, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the virtual event for our couples that actually came about because my, the medium and spiritual mentor that I work with, we were going to do it in person to start with this spring. And she's like, listen, people need it now. So Mm -hmm. whatever you have to do to move it up, do that now. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like I have a billion other things that I have to get done. And she's like, nope, um, just move it up like three months and just launch it like in, in three weeks from now. I'm like, um, okay. So I had to like rework our whole timeline of when we're actually doing this thing to a larger group of people, because our in-person one is going to be on a smaller scale for more intimate connections. But this one, we're like, it's open to anybody. So, you know, she's like, people need it now. Just move it up. Whatever you have to do, do it now. So very fortunate to be able to connect with more people, Mm -hmm. um, on a virtual level and convenience wise, it's great. You know, we can do a lot from our house. However, we do now have events coming up back in person this year. Oh, that's exciting. That's exciting. So what I'm hearing you say is that it was a choice of your own to really seek the evidence that you needed to change the perspective around not being able to make everything live and seeing really the positive of- Oh my God. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Like it's, we were very, both of us are very, um, action driven. We're just like, I don't care what the problem is. What's the solution. Yeah. So tell me the problem once I don't want to hear it again. And then we're just going to figure out what to do mm-hmm. because we don't have time to just sit and wallow in pity. And in that victim mentality of like, Oh my God, this got taken away from me. I don't care. It happened. So what are we going to do to fix it? What yeah. are we going to do to keep pushing forward? Like that's how I work my coaching that's how we both kind of live our lives. We're just like, tell me what the solution is. And then we can start putting a a plan together to get to that next point because we can't do it in person this time. Fine. We'll do a virtual. And it actually worked out great because a lot of the virtual couples, we can connect with them before, you know, they make the choice to invest in the in-person event too. So we can reach more people now. So the reality is, you know, this whole human experience, this whole life journey, it really does boil down to us having the gift of free will and being Mm -hmm. able to make choices based based upon how we want to feel, where we see ourselves going. And so many individuals just lock themselves into this, you know, unrealistic expectation that society has placed upon them. They're living in misery. They're sabotaging themselves and all of the people around them. People do not realize the impact of not 
taking accountability for creating the life of your desires, how that impacts their children and how they're setting their children up for, you know, decades of the same kind of pain and suffering. Mm -hmm. Whenever I bring that point to individuals like, but look what you're modeling for your kids. It's not verbally Mm -hmm. spoken, but your body language, your tone, you know, um, all of that is very much perceived by the child in a negative way. And then you're setting that expectation for the child based upon unspoken, unspoken words, just through all of these other gestures. And um, mm-hmm. we really have to level up as parents, as you know, brothers, sisters, siblings, we really have to level up. We've got to let go of the judgment. There's so much fucking judgment happening in the world right now that's creating a lot of divide and yeah the truth is is that we all want to live our best lives and in order for us to start living our best lives we really have to go we have to let go of the attachment to all these ideas these things that that have gotten us where we're at unfortunately so Yep. I would agree a hundred percent with all the things that you're saying. Mm-hmm. Well, I just adore you and the mission that you're on. You know, I, I really respect what you do and I respect the relationship and the mentorship that your husband and you have created for so many. It's so important to role model exactly what we, the people need. So mm-hmm. thank you for all of the work that you guys do. Yes. Thank you so much for having excuse me, for having both of us on your show, amazing show. And we're so fortunate to be connected with you, you know, through all of the things. So yeah, we'll have to get you on our show coming up. You're amazing. Absolutely, I would love it. So where can the listeners find you and follow your journey? And if they're wanting to join this couples event or do one of your women's VIP, how can they, how can they uh, reach out to you? Yeah. The best place where I hang out the most is Instagram. I'm just at Mallory Campbell. Really easy. I have a free women's Facebook community as well called the level up entourage. And then if you guys were looking at our couples event, something that you guys are interested in, you can just head to destinedtobepodcast.com and then you'll find like the tab there to click on our couples weekend. Awesome. Well, and I will make sure that we have all of those links. So it's very easy for everyone. Cause I know God, heaven forbid, we have to like do, you know, research. <laughs> uh, right. I know. I know it needs to be right in front of our face immediately. <laughs> Well, I really appreciate you being on here today, sharing all of these nuggets with the listeners. I truly appreciate your time and your beautiful presence. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us on the Think Yourself Healthy podcast. Make sure you leave a review and let me know what you think. I love reading your feedback. Come hang out with me on Instagram at Heather Duranja. And don't forget to take a screenshot that you're listening to the podcast and tag me. I love to share it. See you on the next episode.